I'm Dano, and this is the Read Aloud Dinner Podcast, the weekly podcast dedicated to helping families grow in love together by teaching them how to read aloud as a family. Hey, do me a favor. I know I say this every week, but it really helps me drop a review for me in the podcast thing, wherever, wherever it is. Just drop the review. It helps me to know what you're looking for do that you know you can give me one star you can give me five stars whatever you want but just leave a comment tell me what's going on um help me grow help me know what you're looking for and i'm I'm gonna give give that a try because my my last comment like i'm gonna give at least two book recommendations which is a big step for me that because that's not something i really do but what what are we what are we gonna talk about today we're gonna talk about how to start reading aloud as a family at dinner. I'm gonna focus on the at dinner piece today. So how to start reading aloud as a family at dinner. I'm gonna walk you through the steps and that's what we're gonna do right now. Okay, I said I would. I said I was gonna start talking about how to start reading aloud as at dinner as a family, but first a poem. I'm getting to this poem thing because as a teacher, I call this education by poetry. And, you know, we need more poetry in our life. So I'm going to force you as like you're in my class to listen to my poetry, not my poetry, but poetry. And I mean, let words challenge and inspire you. So what poem are we going to read today? We are going to read See How the Children in the Print by Robert Louis Stevenson. See How the Children in the Print bound on the book to see what's in it. Oh, like these pretty babes, may you seize and apply this volume too. And while your eye upon the cuts, with harmless ardor opes and shuts, reader, may your immortal mind to their sage lessons not be blind. See How the Children in the Print by Robert Louis Stevenson. And that poem is just about finding books to love learning about what literature has to teach us. And we are blessed in this country. I was trying to write a book on, oh, Carnegie, Andrew Carnegie, who built hundreds, maybe, or thousands of Carnegie libraries across the United States. Because when he came to the United States, he wanted books. And, and he credits books in a pers- someone's personal library as helping him become the man that he was and become the, you know, multimillionaire. I mean, he was, I think it was, it's been said he was richer than Jeff Bezos at our time. And he, I mean, so imagine this is what he did. You would write to him and ask for a library for your community. And he would write you a check to build the library. So imagine writing Jeff Bezos and say, Jeff Bezos, we'd like a library for our community. And Jeff Bezos saying, yes, I'll build you a library. I mean, you can't even think of it today. That's exactly what he did. So if you find a Carnegie library, you know, it's not Carnegie, Carnegie. If you find a Carnegie library, I mean, go like kiss the steps or something. (laughs) I mean, okay, I mean, if you've listened to this podcast at all, 
you know this man just loves and adores the library you know and and a, a personal hero of mine is andrew carnegie an irish immigrant who had nothing but learned how to read and learned how to um change his life because of books and you know he saw it all those years ago he was a steel robber baron people called him but he really changed america he changed education he changed college so if you were ever in college it's called a carnegie unit so if you have three credits of college it's called the carnegie unit and it, every unit is 16 hours of instruction so if you have if you have three credit class then take that times 16 and that's that's how long you know that that's the semester that's the 16 weeks in the semester to fulfill you know that time three hours a day for 16 weeks that's how we get our semesters complete side trail to what we're talking about but um you gotta love i mean i love books and i want you to start finding you know finding lessons and not be blind to the joy that's in it and and to what it, how it can change you and your family and your kids remember the point of this podcast is teaching you how to read aloud as a family and grow in love together so let's tackle that now what's the first thing that you need to know that, that i recommend I've, I've talked about this before we're going to do it again start with picture books if you've never read aloud at dinner, and I'm gonna focus on dinner here. So I want you to try to read aloud at dinner, and I want you to focus on picture books. Picture books are not just for babies. Um, please, I mean, okay, I'm a picture book writer. I'm the writer of two new books coming out, A Bear, A Bee, and A Honey Tree, Song in the City, but I've also published Big Pop in the Time Machine, one day in the eucalyptus eucalyptus tree and gator 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 those are my books and so i've i'm exclusively a picture book writer and i could tell you as someone who studies picture books all the time that these books are not just for kids they are like the tulsa race massacre by carol boston weatherford or karen carol boston weatherford and an extremely beautiful book about the Tulsa Race Massacre. You're getting ready for Juneteenth, uh, he, a huge holiday or day of remembrance in my family because um, I am an African-American and that was when, I mean, you know, freedom, like like true freedom. And I, you know, I'm married to um, an Anglo-Saxon wife and there was, I mean, imagine that we could not be married, that we couldn't have our children or our family. So Juneteenth is like a huge day for our family. But I mean, but how, but how do we learn about this? Hey, let's get books. Let's learn about slavery. Let's learn about what happened there. So get some books. And it's, it's, these writers have taken so much time and attention to, to communicate these complex ideas to kids. And that is actually, that's the, um, oh man, I'm going to blank on this. Well, let me look it up. Let me look it up. Stay right there. Like, we're not going anywhere. Um, method for teaching. What is it called? 
man, I'm not going to, okay. The, the idea is he was a physicist who in order to teach something would say, Hey, what I want you to do is to be able to explain this complex theoretical idea to kids. And if you couldn't explain it to kids, he would say, you don't know what you're talking about. So the thing that a teacher must be able to do is to take that idea and explain it so simply that a child could understand. And picture book writers do this day in and day out. And they take these books with beautiful images and they do this method with kids all the time. And they really have a beautiful understanding or a deep understanding of many things, you know, the body, uh, history, race, uh, psychology. There's a great book. Here's a book recommendation. There's a great book by David La Rochelle and Mike Winuka, and the book is called How to Apologize. This is a book on psychology. So please, you know, go order this book, How to Apologize by David La Rochelle. How to Apologize by David La Rochelle. Or look it up at your library. This book is a complex psychology book that says, hey, you know, kids, if, you know, this is what apologizing looks like. It's a brilliant book. Pick it up. But David La Rochelle took this complex idea about how to apologize and made it simple in a book. He really taught it well. It just won the Minnesota Book Award. So I maybe, maybe that's why it's on my mind. So if you want to start reading aloud as a family at dinner, I want you to go to the library or find or buy two to three picture books. And don't worry if they're good or bad. If they're bad, then you can laugh. I mean, because this is about growing in love together as a family. So it's okay if things crash and burn. You have 365 days to get this figured out. 365 tries. So please be kind to yourself. Find, you know, three to six picture books. You can buy them. You can go to the library. Some, you know, books at the top of my head. If you want to go to Amazon right now and buy books, you know, sure. I'm going to give you mine. One day in the eucalyptus, eucalyptus tree, big pop in the time machine, gator, 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 you know, you know, shameless self-promotion. But, you know, pick up any of David La Rochelle's book, books, How, how to Apologize. Um, oh, man, I'm, I'm blanking. Isle of You. I really enjoy Isle of You. Uh, you could also get... The Dark by Lemony Snicket. That's a, that's a fun one. Um, Phyllis Root's books are, are fantastic. Any Phyllis Root books. Pick a Pocket of Prairie. That, one, that one's a little com complicated to read. Maybe that would be like later on would be Pick a Pocket of Prairie. Anywhere Farm is a really great book. Trying to think what else would be a fun book. Lemonade Limeade by Emily Jenkins. Heather, you're here. Any other kind of fun books? Well, here, I have a couple here that she just read to the kids that they had fun with. Um, Mem Fox, Early One Morning. It's not perfect, but it's pretty, it's pretty, pretty good. Here, a really fun one is The Stack by Vanessa Roeder. The Stack by Vanessa Roeder. And then um, someone I was on a book panel with 
Raindrops to Rainbows by John Mickles, Mickles, yeah, by John Mickles Jr. I was on a reading panel with him um, for the Library of Congress, and I remember him talking about this book, and I'm, I'm just going to read the first line of this book. It's he said it. He was he was at a like a writing. He was writing at a cabin. It was raining, and this this line came to him: "Plip plop, plip plop, plip plop. Will these raindrops ever stop?" <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it, and it's also part of the imagination library by Dolly Parton. If you don't, if you haven't subscribed to that, hey, check out the imagination library by Dolly Parton, where she'll send books, you know books to you um if you know if you qualify so um check out raindrops to rainbows stack and early one morning i mean you really can't go wrong go to the library ask for those books get my books again shameless promotion but take those books and read them at dinner you're sitting down maybe you have pizza instead of instead of turn off the tv turn off the game it's okay. You know, your life will not be incomplete if the game is in me. What the, I'm saying that wrong. You won't die if you miss the winning shot. You will not lose out on anything. F actually, far worse, you miss time with your kids or you miss time with your family. That is a forever long-lasting relationship where you don't have a relationship with the people uh, unless your kid is playing on the TV, you know, then by all means watch it at dinner. But that, I mean, that, that'll only happen a little bit <laughs> other times, or maybe it's your brother who's playing on some sort of TV, read a book, read a book and turn off the TV, turn off the show. And I mean, if you think I'm crazy again, here's my wife here. Heather should, uh, should should there be TV on at, at dinner time? Absolutely no way. I think you have to come in here and you have to got to. Heather's here with me t tonight. Um, my answer is absolutely no way. You're kind of you. You're always like you're the one that made us sit down at the dinner table because I didn't want to do that. Why did you force me to sit down at the dinner table? Because um, growing up, I sat at the dinner table with my family all the time, and I remembered just how much fun we had and the laughs we had caught up on each other's day, um, and we still do it to this day. Like, I don't know, like, how old are my brothers and I, 30s? Yeah, they have, like, being with Heather's family, though they are such a loving family, I mean, they're different. I mean, I mean, they have different. No, they're not like they're not strange, but I mean, they're just. I mean, they have different interests. So one is a you know um a, a you know a pretty high up manager at Culligan, and another one is a pretty amazing salesperson. Another one is um you know really into fitness and and does a great job with um fitness, and um another one is a you know police officer. I mean, they you have such different interests but you really all just love spending time together totally. and laughing there's so much laughter so much laughter yes so that was really um special to me and i wanted that always always wanted that from my family you don't have to yell into the microphone i'm gonna yell even when daniel and i were married like we had no kids 
I made Daniel sit at the table and we ate dinner together, just the two of us. It was so painful. No, <laughs> I, no, I know. I, I mean, my last podcast, I kind of like ripped. It was terrible. I ripped people and said, like, hey, you got to spend time and you need to focus on your children. And I'm saying that mainly, and I said that because I need to learn that. I'm saying that as a, as a tired, selfish dad. And I'm just, I'm very thankful for my wife that says, you will sit down and eat with us as a family. That's pretty much how you sounded. Even like if it's leftovers or, you know, maybe Daniel and I are planning on eating dinner by ourselves after the kids go to bed, we still always sit at the table with the kids. Um, and the kids really look forward to it. They always look forward to it. It's now like a family favorite thing to do. So if daddy's not at the table for some reason, he's you know working or something, um, they're always like, where's dad? And they miss him, so. I mean, even there, like who's the person to miss, <laughs> to miss dinner? It's me. That was good reason it's always me so i think if i if you know if there's if there's any shame to go around for like not wanting to spend time with your family as awful as that sounds it's me you know it's 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 what i work with it's what i struggle with and why am i doing this podcast why did i develop this read aloud dinner because it was something i needed to do to connect and bond with my kids then reading these books, it's amazing to, so, okay, you'll read the books. So let's say you read Stack and it's about stacking all kinds of things together. You know, first she starts with stacking books and then she moves on to stacking um, a bed and then a bathtub and plates. And, and you know, they laugh. They, the, the, you go, oh, you know, I tried doing that. Or, or what if she stacks a rocket ship? You, I mean, they, they say all kinds of weird things and you get to know their personality. And so you start reading the book, but the book, you know, you just don't read it. You you interact and they'll say different things. Or they'll look at the picture. Like, oh, let me see the picture. Let me see the picture. And so maybe you get through one book. Even... Even our, um, how old is that? So I don't know. He's one. Um, even our one-year-old, like Daniel will show pictures. Just a minute. How do you not know the... Well, I'm trying to think of months. I'm trying to think of how many months he is. 15 um, months maybe? Okay, because I don't know how old he is. Anyhow. But so he's, you know, 15, let's say he's 15 months. He even is looking at the pictures. It's hilarious. Like, because Daniel shows the picture around the whole table and Etzel, our one-year-old, will stop eating and literally look at the picture it's really funny they really love it so it's just the interaction with the family and and i mean i've said this before you get to understand what they're interested in you get to understand what what they laugh at i mean to listen to your kid laugh and not at the tv i mean you're part of it you're part of the experience and maybe you tell a story oh yeah one time I tried stacking boxes um, in the garage and I fell and broke my arm or something like that. And, really, Dad? You did that? Yeah. I mean, like those family stories can like bring up memories in yourself that you can share with your child. 
So start with, you know, get three to six picture books and start with one and see how that goes. And then move to like three. And I really wouldn't read more than three at supper. I mean, I mean, like, man, I, I think 10 to 15 minutes at least is what I say. Hey, try 10 to 15 minutes of reading at supper every day. After you've done the, um, oh no, what, what I was going to say with this, I had one more thing to say. So my wife reads um, three picture books pretty much every single day to my preschooler, my preschooler and his toddler sister. And she does this every day. Now there was a reading contest at preschool and and I have a coworker and she sends her kids to the same preschool and there's a reading contest and she she said that she came up to me and she said, Well, I thought we were doing a great job reading at home. And then I saw who won and for and sure enough it's the author's kid that ends up winning. And and I mean I wish I could take credit for it. I can't because, you know, the person who should take credit for it is right next to me. I mean, really, I'm a terrible dad. <laughs> I I really would not read to my kids if I didn't have the read aloud dinner. I would not read to them. And, and my wife knows it. I mean, I might like read like one book occasionally, but my wife is such a good model. She reads every single day and she'll read three books to them and they all sit there even the baby right you have the baby with you or is the baby napping sometimes oh no he's usually with us. he's with us yeah he's with us and she reads three books with them and and then she charts those books that she read three books a day and he's won this contest every single quarter every single quarter he's won this contest. Now it's not because he has an author as a dad. It's because his family cherishes books. Anything else you've noticed in your kids um, with you, you know, reading three books every day with them in the baby and Gwendolyn who's three years old and in Haven who's five. Um, I mean, I think the only thing I've noticed is just their love for books. Like we go to the library and they, they would spend a long time at the library. Um, and then we get home with all of our books, which I had to limit them to how many books they pick out because they would check out tons. And they're just like sitting in the living room, books all over the floor and they're all reading books. I mean, they just love books. And they're quiet when they read their books. Yeah. And, I, and, it, and you said it was about 20 to 30 minutes that you spend with them reading those three books yeah. every day. And what's interesting is that I've seen my preschooler who's five, he's starting to pick up books and he's reading them. Now, you think he's reading the words or he's, I don't know. Cause sometimes it's like he's reading the book and then I don't know if he's pretending to read or if he's picking up words which is a great thing to be like i don't know he's he's doing so well that i don't know what's going on that i think maybe he's getting some of it but not all of it but yeah so he's opening books and he's attempting to read and the kids learn a lot about the world they read a book about a guy who planted a 
forest in India. Was it India? Yeah, it was India. He planted a forest in India. He's still alive. And they learned, I mean, our kids love nature. And they learned about someone who literally went to a desert and planted trees and got bit by red ants because red ants help the soil and there's certain worms that help. So you can go to a desert, bring red ants and worms and a bunch of other stuff, and you can plant a forest in a desert and it can thrive and live. I mean, that's incredible what kids can learn through books. And some of the other things I've noticed is that they have certain jokes or inside jokes with the books they've read. They'll reference a book, like a bunch of book nerds, like, oh, yeah, remember this time? Or they'll make a joke and no one else would get it. But, you know, in our family, it's funny because we've usually read the book together. I think of Trumpet of the Swan and the music that, E.B. White recommends, and so I have my, usually there's no phones at the table, but I will take out my phone and we'll go to YouTube and we'll pull up the song that was referenced in E.B. White's book and they'll listen to the song. And now their music repertoire is usually Bing Crosby, which is one of my, one of my musical loves is Bing Crosby. And they get to listen to Bing Crosby sing sing all you know several songs and what a joy they learned about taps they had no idea about what taps was and so we pulled up taps and they got to learn a little bit about it so after you've done the picture book so you've been reading the picture books and we'll see how that is then you can move to longer books now you can learn to move to longer picture books there's plenty of them especially the nonfiction books um mr snifferpot I think is another really fun, longer book. I forget the rest of the name of it, but Mr. Snifferpot, look that up. Mr. Snifferpot, it's, oh, Heather might look it up for me. Uh, Check out Mr. Snifferpot. Uh, That's another book recommendation that you might really like. And then, um, so if you've moved to the longer picture books, you can also move to the Mercy Watson series. I am a big fan of Kate DiCamillo, so this won't be the first time that I recommend her books. But pick up Mercy Watson. There's there's short chapters. There's lots of pictures. And here, you can just maybe not even read 10 to 15 minutes. Maybe it'll be five to three minutes. But just try reading a chapter at a time. And then watch your kids. Will they say, Dad, one more. Mom, one more. Okay, um, I'll read another chapter. And then they, then you show them the pictures and then you laugh about certain things. And the more you do it, the more practice you'll get and the better you'll get at it. So move to like the early readers or the, the Mercy Watson books. And you're like, well, I need more book recommendations. From our last podcast, go to the library and ask the librarian and you'll be directed to tons of books that you can then select as a family and you can even ask your kids you know what 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 books would you like to read at dinner or supper tonight oh can we read this one taking the time seeing what they like growing in love together as a family so 
you've done that, then you'll, you know, you found a bunch of other books there and maybe you start moving from books with lots of pictures to books with fewer and fewer pictures. And then maybe to longer books where they have to use more of their imaginations, where there's one picture now per chapter. That's how the trumpet of the swan is. Then um, the next book our family is going to read is The Wind in the Willows. And there's a couple pictures in those chapters, depending on the, the book, the version of the book that you have. Try that. Try that process. I'm going to go through that again. Start with picture books. Start with one picture book at supper. Then move to, you know, two to three at supper. And do that for as long as you like. If you feel creative and 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 happy, you can move to um, Mercy Watson or longer picture books. From there, you can move to the emerging readers or early chapter books like Ivy and Bean, Clementine, uh, Ramona the Pest. What was another one? I'm thinking Ramona and Beverly Cleary's. Is that Ramona? I'm on the spot. This is this is one like I'm up and I'm trying to spell in front of my class on the on the whiteboard and because like I have to I have to perform and so I forget anyway. Um, but these are you know these are classic these are these are just the classics that you probably remember um, as a child. But you can start to move to those books. So there's a few more pictures per book and then move to books where there's just one picture. And then, you know, maybe it's Charlotte's Web or, you know, The Wind of the Willows. Maybe those are too long, but, you know, progressively move up. The point, the thing you're trying to do is you're trying to grow in love with reading and grow in love as a family. You have 365 days to do this. 365 days. That could be 365 books. Are you currently reading 365 books? Are you currently reading 300 books? Imagine how your life and, and, and the knowledge and, and the relationships and the conversations you can start having at the table when you read 300 books or 200 books. Because my guess is, I want you to answer that question. Maybe that's what you wanna put in the comments of the podcast put in the comments how many books are you reading as a as a family a year how many books do you think 20 10 think about it